So today you're competing with the fact that I just had breakfast for dinner. So I'll probably get sleepy soon. <laughs> oh, uh, or like a race against the clock sort of scenario. Yeah, or my tummy. <laughs> okay. Well, luckily I don't have anything to like teach you. Teach you. I'm we're we're like collabing here, just doing a movie discussion, communist movie night. We're going to be talking about the movie from 1954, Salt of the Earth. Starring Rosaura Wivueltas. I did like the little x-ray feature and apparently she was deported for this film. <laughs> I saw that. Isn't that crazy? They they took her passport and kicked her out. Or Wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Arrested by immigration officials on an alleged passport violation and was forced to return to Mexico. After that, she was labeled a communist. Never worked on an American film again. Jesus Christ. She said, Since the INS had no evidence to present of my subversive character, I can only conclude that I was dangerous because I had been playing a role that gave status and dignity to the character of a Mexican-American woman. I mean, yes. <laughs> and does she ever? Oh, she's amazing. Uh, first off, she's very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love her voice, too. Like, the movie starts with... I mean, a voiceover kind of thing. So like, I'm just like, I want this woman to tell me all the stories and I'll go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one thing, I mean, right away, I was even just watching the opening credits. I was impressed that they actually hired Mexicans to play Mexicans, like a thing that Hollywood was not famous, you know, for doing. Oh, yeah. And a good chunk of the cast uh, was like non-professional actors. Uh, union activists, uh, mine workers themselves. Uh, so th I thought that was interesting. This whole, like, the production of this movie is is just an interesting aspect of it as well because the writer, the director, the producer had all been blacklisted mm. by the time they made this. And, and so, like, uh, that's one of the reasons, I mean, they don't have, you know, big American names on this is this was, like, made as a blacklisted film already. Oh, okay. The opening credits also had that it was produced by the International Union of Mine, Mill, and Smelter Workers. And, like, that's, you know, another... The, the, that union had been expelled from the CIO basically when... When they purged the communists? Yeah, when... Because they had to do that by federal law. I want to say it was Taft-Hartley, but I'm not quite sure. But um, I mean, they reference that in the movie, so I wouldn't be right? surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they had been expelled because they basically wouldn't, you know, purge communists. And so that that's, you know, all of this is kind of tied together. I just think that's interesting that that so much of this was. And we'll get into the actual plot itself and all that. I, I just like that aspect of it. <laughs> The U.S. House of Representatives denounced it for its communist sympathies. So that means I like it. Yeah, that, that's a seal of approval in our book. <laughs> uh, the FBI investigated its financing. Oh, my God. The American Legion called for a boycott of the film. That's like what we saw in Trumbo, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so why does everyone hate this movie? Well, <laughs> quick summary, I guess, synopsis. It is about a mining town in New Mexico. It's actually filmed in New Mexico. And it is about a strike action. It's extremely pro-labor. It's extremely, like, Mexican-centric. Um, it talks about racism. It talks about feminism. And, like, this is in 1954. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, really, on all those notes, like, it's not afraid to show to show racism, to show sexism, 
I, I think in a villainous way and also in like the sort of for the time left-wing sympathetic way if that makes sense yeah yeah like it it does a good job of examining sexism as it appears on the left yeah within the labor movement you know it's like hey we get it some people see it this way here's why that's bad like here's why that weakens us i like the opening uh, description of new mexico land of the free americans who inspired this film land of the brave americans who played most of its roles that's awesome okay so we start with uh what is her name in the movie? I just keep calling her Rosaura because I like that name. Oh, Esperanza. Esperanza. Which means hope. It does mean hope. Um, so Esperanza kind of gives us the skinny on what's going on. She's like, hey, this is a small mining town. They renamed it to Zinc uh, once the company came and took it over. That reminded me of like the, I remember mom talking about the the Aztec uh, monuments and everything being stomped down by the Spanish bastards and renamed everything else, you know? Yeah, for sure. So. Like, that's a big theme in this movie is like, like someone at one point tells someone to go back to where they come from. And they're like, I come from here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was born in a shack that's now buried underground. Like, this is my land. Yeah, impossible. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and one of the main characters, Ramon, uh, he's the the mine he works in. His grandfather apparently once owned the land. Yes. Very Prada Tanada story. <laughs> Listeners, please watch this Univision original movie. So we probably <laughs> referenced the dispossessed first, and then Prada Tanada second. <laughs> That's the Prada Tanada of references too. <laughs> <laughs> Top tier and bottom tier. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So the situation is workers in the mine are being forced to work alone. They usually work in pairs, and that is super dangerous. The supervisors basically refuse to do anything about it. They have a union, and they're often in talks with the bosses, but like a lot of these issues get left out. I thought it was interesting in that conversation how the guy keeps trying to play him off. He's like, oh, man, if you would read your contract, you know, you would know whatever... Or like, oh, that's what the foreman's supposed to do. And he's like, yeah, but the foreman said it was safe because the foreman doesn't care because we're the ones down there in the danger zone, you know? Yeah, yeah. They definitely try to pass it off as, you know, we have a system in place when they really don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just trying to be like, hey, go, like, go away. Please don't complain about conditions. <laughs> so we, we see Esperanza struggling uh, because she is pregnant with her third child. And, you know, she wishes that the child wouldn't be born and woof 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 i mean of course she feels guilty because she's extremely catholic but <laughs> but you can understand it when you see her circumstances yeah she's talking she's basically saying into this like broken world into this these harsh conditions that the child will be in and i don't know it's like we've, we've talked about this before <laughs> like the the fear of coming into a dying world that's not really what she's talking about just but it's a similar, I don't know, a similar vein. I think so. I think it's got the same feels for sure. So Ramon comes home and this is kind of when we start to see the the conflict in their marriage start out. So Esperanza like fucking busts ass all day. Like she chops wood for fires like half the day and then is constantly cooking and cleaning. Like she does a fuck ton. And is this when she asks him about the sanitation issue or is that later? Uh, it is it is here, yeah. So okay. first they talk about the radio. 
Yes. Okay. The radio is interesting. They're behind. They're one month behind or one payment behind on the radio that they've bought on credit. And Ramon kind of goes on this little tear, this little rant. He's like, this is the bane of the working man. Like they, <laughs> they tell you, you know, zero down, no credit needed, all this. And then they get you on the payments and they hook you. Yep. And it's like, kind of like, yeah, you know, but then he keeps going with it. And he's like, anyway, all you can think about is the radio. Like you just want your little frivolities and you don't understand how hard things are. And he just kind of like dismisses it. Yeah, yeah, he he views it as a, a stupid thing to want when it's like, I mean, let her have a nice thing. God, she's just working all day. Yeah, and also I like that uh, in that scene, like the next shot that they do after their radio um, and demands argument and everything, they open when he's in the tavern in the, in the next scene, but they open with a shot of the jukebox that he gets to listen to <laughs> while he's there. So he goes to get his radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just he doesn't need one enough because he's going to hang out at the, mm-hmm. the beer parlor, as they call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is when they talk about she she first suggests uh, the sanitation issue to Ramon. So she's saying, hey, like the reason that fire just went out is because like I had to spend all day chopping wood. And she's like, you know, the white miners across the street, like they have plumbing. We don't like you should ask them about that. And he gets very you know offended of like. You know, like, we, we have more important battles to fight. Like, that's going to get lost in the shuffle. Like, eh, just kind of dismisses her. He brings it up, though, with the 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 meeting, like, right away. He totally, like, yeah. steals her idea. Yeah, I think it's neat how they talk about this initially. So she brings up the sanitation issue, and he says, yeah, 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 you know, we'll get to that. But we got to win the economic gains first. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we got to focus on. How many men have told me that? <laughs> And the safety issues, like, we got to focus on that. And, you know, you don't understand. You're in here. You're not out there. You don't get it. And she's kind of like, oh, fine. I mean, you know, go on strike. Do what, you know, do the things for your union if you want to, you know, do that. That's fine. And they're both kind of like antagonistic toward each other's position. But And, and he, he kind of has to try to soften her on that and say, like, uh, hold on a second, though. Like, don't, you know. Don't throw the union under because I'm arguing with you about this. Like, remember what it was like before the union sort of is like, that's not anything to sneeze at. That's fair. Yeah, they have a good back and forth about that. And I also I understand her point of view because like she's the one, you know, who has to stretch the union rations out to make sure Mm -hmm. everyone can eat. She's the one that like sees and deals with the children being hungry all the time. Like she's definitely she bears a lot of the brunt, too. So like, you know, she is affected when they go on strike. But he he does not at this point come around to any of the any of the the criticism of sexism or anything at that point. God no, he, like he hangs all. on to that for like the whole movie almost. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a very slow process for him. But then we cut to the bar scene where they're hanging out, they're listening to the jukebox, they're drinking, they're playing cards. I think they're playing, and uh, and yeah, what are they what are they chatting about? They are talking about this next strike and what I what I love their conversation because it's about how the bosses are purposefully paying them less so they can turn to their white workers and say, hey, at least you don't get paid as badly as the Mexicans. Yeah, like a, it's a cudgel uh, that they use to keep the other the white unions down. Yeah, yeah. The, the quote I wrote down is equality is the one thing the bosses can't afford. 
<laughs> yeah. And Ramon's kind of saying, I think we probably should strike, you know. And then some of the other, I guess, I think most of them are just other union members. One guy is the one that they say is from the International. So he's like the the organ, chief organizer guy. But everyone else, I think, is just union members. That's Barnes is the international guy. And by the way, I, they don't mean like the international. They mean <laughs> the it's international. from Moscow. Of, I, yeah, that's what I wrote down at first. Like, wait, what? <laughs> this guy doesn't seem Russian at all. Uh, no, it's like the, the international of their union. So he's just he's from the the larger organization. Yeah. And he was played by Clinton Jenks, uh, who was like a labor activist. Oh, cool. Uh, he was in that union that we mentioned before, the International Union of Mine, Mill, and Smelter Workers. He, he's playing himself named differently. Like, he was the one who organized uh, the Mill Local 890, is the, which is the one that this is based on, the one That's that goes hilarious. on strike against Empire Zinc Company. That's so good. He's like, I'll just do it again in front of a camera. Yeah, I, I, I think I remember. <laughs> That's cool. And he's like, very handsome. I thought he was an actor. Yeah, no, he's cool. So they're talking about, you know, if they should go on strike. And some of them are saying like, well, you know, you want to wait to the right moment. You don't want to strike when the bosses want you to strike. You want to strike when you're ready. And Ramon, I like his lines here. He's talking about like, hey, how come the bosses never have to wait? They get to do what they want when they want. But we, you know, we're supposed to wait to the right moment. You know, they want to do everything to make us make us afraid to move, to hang on to what you got and like it. Well, I don't like it and I'm not scared and I'm fed up to here. And he's like, we got to do something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think Ramon does a great job of like seeing past the bullshit in a lot of these interactions. Like he's really able to name like, here's the bad guys. <laughs> and and they kind of later on, they, they kind of say like, oh, you're not, you know, nice enough to Anglo people. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, no, I get it. Like, there are Anglo workers that are on our side and I'm like for them, you know, he's, he's, I, th- I think you're right. He's got a good sense of whose side he's on. Yeah. But I mean, again, he's not perfect. He has a huge blind spot when it comes to women. Mm-hmm. Then the son, Luis comes in and gets his dad and is like, Hey, it's mom's like birthday. You defo forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Oh, uh, uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they throw together a mañanita. Do we want to tell our white listeners what that is? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's like um like the birthday song mm-hmm. basically, but in in Mexico. Uh maybe in other Latin American countries too? Probably, sure. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're limited. Yeah, it's really cute. So I I actually I didn't know this was like so we would get it like in the morning like to wake you up. But they did it like at night to start a party off, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of wild. Um, so yeah, he gets a big crowd together to sing to her and they have a party and it's happy. The next major scene, Esperanza is doing some laundry out there, uh, hanging up clothes and the other women come up and say like, hey, like <laughs> we're gonna like show up at the picket line too because we're demanding sanitation. I, I love one of them says like, we should be in the woodchopper union because that's all we do all day. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, it reminded me. So, cause she's like, oh, we chop wood for this. We chop wood for that. We chop wood for this. We chop wood for that. Cause they have to keep a fire going all yeah. day. Fuck no, that's hard work. And that was one of the things that stood out to me in 
I plugged this last episode, I guess, but the Lyndon Johnson biography, they were talking at some point about how he remembers like the older women in his youth, you know, how much in his grandmother and everything and how much they had to work like that, how much wood they had to chop and how they had to keep a hot fire going in a hot stove and then how they had to work over that stove and how everyone would just basically prematurely age from all that labor. And he was, that that was one of the things that drove his commitment to like rural electrification uh, back when he was a congressman was like not having to see people do that. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking backbreaking work. Yeah, Esperanza's like, oh, I don't know, like, my husband definitely would not dig that. Like, <laughs> that's not going to go over well. Well, they're like, you know, he doesn't even know, know how much work you do. Like, when they come home, they're like, what have you been doing all day? They get interrupted because there's a big catastrophe at the mine. Yes, so there's an accident. So a guy, it's the Polish guy, right? What's his name? Kalinski, I think. He gets caught in some sort of... I guess a collapse, right? Uh, I don't remember how they said it. It was some mine Some <laughs> Some mining <laughs> shit. He gets hurt. Yeah, the point is, he gets hurt and they blame Ramon for not, like, making sure that nobody was, like, in the way. And he's like, uh, I didn't have a fucking partner, so, like, that's why this happened. Yeah, he's like, you guys literally told me this, or we had this conversation just a little bit ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the fucking company guy, like the, I don't know, he's he's the suit. I don't know who <laughs> yeah. he is exactly. The manager or the super, I think they call him. Mm, yeah. He's like, accidents are costly to everybody. The company, most of all. Like, can you shut the fuck up right now? Like, a man is in trouble. <laughs> he comes out and is like, a man's been hurt. I'm as sorry about it as you are, savvy. Ugh, he says savvy a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's just, you know, I guess a business guy. That's yeah. what they do back then. Uh, but then he, it's like. Two minutes later, and he's like, I see no reason to treat the occasion like a paid holiday. Suppose you all get back to work. (laughs) He's just the worst, like cartoonishly evil. Yeah. And this is when it pops off. I love it because they they turn to uh, Barnes, and they're like, all right, tell him to get back to work. And he says, they don't work for me. Yeah. I love it. I mean, they're standing shoulder to shoulder, looking at each other. Are we going to do this? Are we going to take this, basically? And then they shut it down. They walk out. I also love how much Spanish is in this movie. Like, that just oh, yeah. made me so happy. There's a like, lot that it goes untranslated to. Yes, yes, which I like. <laughs> yeah, that is just... And some of it, they'll go back and kind of recap it. But some of it, they don't. It's just, it's meant for like an atmosphere. But it kind of adds to it, I guess, if you know Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that because it just adds another layer of, like, authenticity. So so they all agree, you know, we're not doing this. We're going to shut this thing down. And then the women crest the rise with their own signs. Yes. We want sanitation, not discrimination. I like it. I can dig it. Yeah? <laughs> I want that, too. <laughs> <laughs> So then we go to the union meeting and the a few women go and like they're like we we have never been to a union meeting before so like it's an intimidating space I think. Yeah, they're having the strike vote and it's overwhelming, you know, an overwhelming vote in favor of the strike. The women show up and get to speak. But they're like you said, I think they're kind of hesitant. They are. Yeah, at first like she's speaking too quietly and they're like, "Hey, like you need to speak up." And... They just yell rudely, like, "Speak up." <laughs> yeah, they're real dicks about it. 
Um, oh, Ramon is a super dick. He sees Esperanza there and he just turns his back. Yeah, yeah. He's the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the one of the ladies says, we'd like to bring sanitation to the table. And they just like fucking adjourn the meeting instead of listening to them basically at all. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, uh... We can't really do that right now. We're going to move. You know, we're almost done here. Can we Can we table that? And they just all table it. They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then cut to every husband yelling at their wife for showing up. Well, I thought I kind of read it the opposite. All the women in those shots seemed to be like letting their men have it, though. They were like, what the hell? How come you didn't say anything? That too. Yeah, there is some of that. Like the, especially, what's his name? Barnes's wife. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, what the fuck? Like she said, you might as well have a sign that says no dogs, no women allowed. Yeah. You know, they give them, they give them a tongue lash. And it, her and the other, there's another wife that does that too. She's kind of like, I can't believe you didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. She said, you're pushing us all back in our place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then they, they show that one guy, what's his name? Charlie, I think he ends up being a good ally. He's like, hey, like maybe we should listen to them about this. And like. He continues mm, yeah. that thread later. Right. Yeah. He's the first guy to get it. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> he's woke. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed here because I think then they go to look at like the actual is the next scene like the strike. Yes. Next scene is picket line. When they zoom into this and they kind of there's a sign in the foreground that looks really nice. Yeah. I was thinking, man, Christine, your job would have been a lot different back then because you would have been doing a lot of hand lettering. Oh, God, that'd be a pain in the ass. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Like, man, that almost looks like a typeface. Like, how'd you do that? Right. But people used to, you know, I guess just make all that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Intense. So, yeah, we go to the picket line and a lot of marching in a circle in this movie. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Classic circle march. That's the, I mean, that's I guess the only picket line they could do. It's, I mean, it's iconic, you know, this does what you expect it to do. Strike breakers show up in their little truck from, you know, what they say from a few towns over, they see the picket line and they're like, uh, no, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. So um, they leave. Um, the sheriff's there. Yeah. They're just showing off their guns and <laughs> just saying, Hey, just reminding you who we work for. <laughs> They talk about how the the union's giving out rations um, and they're, you know, figuring out how to feed everybody on that. And then we get to Mrs. Salazar. She is a miner's widow and she shows up at the picket line one day. Um, At first, she's just like kind of standing on the side, just like knitting and hanging out. Uh, But eventually she starts marching with them. Yeah. And they're like, nobody really remembers how that happened, but it happened. And so... She starts doing that, and then other women start showing up with, like, coffee or tacos for their husbands. And then the initial motion, which was to have a ladies' auxiliary for the union, which was immediately tabled <laughs> yep, at the meeting, in theory, gets set up in praxis by women just showing up and doing it. Yeah, I guess we didn't mention that. That was the, the second request they made at that union meeting was like we should set up our own auxiliary unit here uh for the women and that yeah gets shut down but they just do it anyway (laughs) they don't call it that i guess they don't say hey we're we're the auxiliary group but that's what they're doing they're supporting the strike right that's how they that's what they start doing and i think esperanza says in the voiceover that they 
ended up where they gradually set up a ladies auxiliary actually like they, they did it yes but only once they showed in practice like hey this this is good for you like you were dumb basically for doing that vote and you can privately you know realize that oh hey i was dumb we're not going to make you publicly announce it or anything but <laughs> we're changing it now <laughs> yeah i mean even ramon like he was very against having Esperanza show up, uh, but he wanted his coffee made the way he likes it. And so when she does show up and do that, he's like grateful for it. So yeah, it's such a, you know, shallow way to get to that conclusion. But I mean, whatever works, man. <laughs> right. He's kind of a butt about all of that. But <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Uh, I do like, I noted it here and I kind of kept an eye on it from going on forward is that neither Esperanza nor Ramon were indispensable like great people of history in this, even in this narrative structure. Esperanza wasn't even, wasn't the first one. She's not like who came up with the idea. She's like joining along with other women. Uh, she's doesn't take part in the initial, like joining the auxiliary because of her condition. She's, she's not with them. You know, Ramon's like one of the guys, but he's not the labor organizer. And I thought it was just like an interesting example of collective storytelling of that, like, you know, their their personal role obviously is the main story in the film or whatever, and you have that personal life little layers. But it's not like, let's watch the heroics of these two individuals. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, they are just some people. Like, this story could have been about anyone from this town. Yeah, and they weren't even the most, like, radical of the group. Like, they're not Barnes who does this all the time, we find out. He just goes from town to town doing this <laughs> shit. They're not, you know, the like you said, the first lady who speaks up about this. They're not uh, Charlie, who seems to be on board with the women much sooner than everyone. Like, they're all, they're very, like, regular people in a way that I think works for the story and works for, like, making it compelling and, you know, kind of helps explain the issues they're dealing with. And you're right, it does It does help make it feel like it is about a community and they are just kind of a, not even a symbol for the community. I'm thinking about like jumping to the end here, like that scene. That scene could have also happened to any family. Yeah, you're right. They And the, I think they keep that thread going pretty well throughout the whole thing. Uh, I like this next bit where Jenkins comes up and he's like... <laughs> I love Jenkins. He's <laughs> <laughs> funny. He's like, they just tried to bribe me with a promotion. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, they're trying to peel off the Anglo workers, basically. Yeah. And Jenkins is just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Thanks. <laughs> they make a joke about expecting the paymaster from Moscow with their gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for my gold. Oh, uh, maybe yours got lost in the mail or something, dude. I got oh, mine. Oh, you got yours? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it had the little hammer and sickle stamp on it. Damn. Jealous. <laughs> Uh, so the super, that's what they're called. I guess this is the mine superintendent. He's the boss. I guess the supervisor works too, but anyway, he comes to the scene and he's just, they, they're having this conversation in the car, him and this other guy, business titans. I don't know. Uh, and they're just so dismissive of the workers. They're so infantilizing. They like call them children. Mm hmm. They're like children in many ways. Sometimes you have to humor them. Sometimes you have to spank them. Sometimes you have to take their food away. My God. They're just so <laughs> unapologetically racist. Um, just just horrible, horrible people. Yeah. And Ramon comes up and they're like, oh, oh I'm surprised to see you here. Oh, no, you were in line for a promotion. We were going to. Again. Gonna... 
they're handing out these promotions like candy. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> oh, you were you were so great before you let those reds rile you up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Ramon rebuffs him, he's just like, well, get out of here before I call the sheriff. <laughs> like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then some scabs show up. His son is like a lookout. Uh, mm-hmm. And is like, hey, some scabs are getting through on the hills. And so these some guys take off after him. My note is, holy shit, these guys are like fucking mountain goats with how they can go down those rocks. Dude, just freaking <laughs> hauled it. Just they had to have gotten natives for that, like people from the area. Because holy, I would have broken both ankles and back and everything. <laughs> yeah, I would just have been dead at the bottom. I, I would have been like, hold on. And then I like butt slide slowly down the hill. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so they, they catch him, and it's one of their guys. He turns traitor. Yeah, he calls him, this is one of the ones, the untranslated bits, but he calls him a traitor to his people. And he, uh, the guy, uh, Sebastian, uh, he tries to defend, and he's like, oh, you know, my kids, my kids. And Ramon's like, my fucker, you think my kids are like eating a whole bunch? They're at the buffet? No. Uh, and he's like, please let me go. Let me go. Like, don't hurt me. And he's like, dude, I would not even, I wouldn't lower myself to hurt you basically and spits on him and then mm-hmm. gets arrested. So he gets arrested for resisting arrest, which tell me how that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think they also get him for like punching that guy, even though like he did not. Yeah, no, they just straight up lie and they tell yeah. him they're lying in the car and they're like, why'd you go rough him up? You know, and these guys played really good racist cops having been uh they were uh non-professional actors so being in this movie i imagine they were just basing it off of like people they had seen growing up you know <laughs> for real they were very accurate they probably just got real cops and were like do you want to beat up a mexican guy and he's like absolutely i do <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think they those types would have agreed to be in this movie no I mean. they just maybe they didn't tell him what it was <laughs> <laughs> maybe they thought they were playing the good guys yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they fucking put on a glove and beat him up and say lots of racist shit to him and talk about his wife and just all kinds of horrible stuff. Meanwhile, Esperanza is going into labor. Yes, I thought that was a really, like, powerful scene intercutting, you know, him getting beat the shit out of and then her screaming in labor. Just a lot of pain in this community. And that's the con- the conditions, that is the broken world into which baby Juanito comes into Aww, the world. Juanito. <laughs> oh, yeah. And because the doctor works for the company, she has to give birth without a hospital. That's the convenient thing about having a company doctor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I would love to tie the wellness of myself and my baby to someone who has a vested interest against me. Well, that's, you know, good good thing, good news. Uh, you have employer-sponsored health insurance. I do. I do. It's not great. Lucky you. <laughs> they get the baby baptized. And then the next thing they have is like the party thing, right? Another gathering, I guess. Yeah, it's a double party. One for Juanito's baptism and also for Ramon getting out of jail. It's been 30 days. Holy shit. On trumped-up charges. I love this next bit. This is the... The attitude towards Anglos scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. At the celebration. Yeah. So the men are playing poker and uh, one of the union guys calls out uh, Ramon and says like, hey, like, you don't seem to like white people. What's the deal with that? And he's like, 
I like them fine, but like they're kind of dicks to me. Like, <laughs> and his example I thought was interesting. He points to a, a picture in his house and he says, was it Barnes that didn't know? Yeah, Barnes. Yeah. And he says, Barnes didn't know who that was. And it's a picture of Benito Juarez. <laughs> yeah. He asked him if it was his grandfather. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, if I like saw a picture of George Washington and didn't know who it was, you'd call me a stupid Mexican. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like the father of Mexico. Like, if you're going to be here with us and, and be one of us, you need to, like, know our culture or, or make some efforts in some way. Yeah. Like, if you're going to organize us, you should know who we are. Yeah. So the women are in the other room and they're, um, they're complaining because they're like, well, we want to dance and the dudes are playing poker. We should stop them. And Barnes's wife, like, teases him for kind of being like talking a big game on pro women stuff she's like you don't fucking do shit (laughs) oh yeah but uh, i mean he's now at least saying oh yeah we should support the women or he like he's making that case now at least Mm -hmm. yeah definitely saying like we'd be stronger with the women helping yeah yeah but she's just like oh this is new (laughs) yeah helping like with chores uh and yeah and she says just ask him if he's tried it at home which is great (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Oh, I love, this is a very small joke, but one of the women like imitates her husband's bad dancing. And then like, we see the guy dancing later and it is truly just the best in the worst way. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly how she mimicked it. Yeah. I mean, not to put my (laughs) husband on blast, but fairly similar to his technique. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not skilled enough to even know what my technique is. So he probably beat me. (laughs) I don't know, man. You know the scene in the Aristocats where they touch paws and kind of just do this for dancing? Mm-hmm. It's, that's basically Kyle's move. <laughs> it's a good move. <laughs> then the cops show up. They're just, I mean, they're really hammering home the point. What are cops here to do? I just love the cop just being a cop theory. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. If they're just like. Oh, you want us to go repossess property from poor people? We're really good at that. I love that. It's my favorite. Uh, yeah, they show up to take the radio. Ramon, I, I like this little inter interchange between them because Ramon wants to fight them or wants to do something to resist it. But Esperanza, she's like, she's smart enough to realize, hey, no, don't. I mean, like, come on. They're trying to throw you in jail. Like, they're trying to do a provocation. Yeah, because like it's no accident they're now repossessing it because they're striking. Like this is this is a targeted attack because there's all of these people here. There's all the leaders here. They want to get them all involved in a fight. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just play guitar. <laughs> uh, so the strike drags on at that point. Uh, things continue. There's no more credit given to striking families at the company store. Uh, so, you know, I mean, just less food. So, so much so that some of the families leave and then the union's like, uh, okay, um, you know, the hardest hit among you, you can go find work in other mines and like split the funds. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting really desperate. Yeah. And it seems like the only way they got through materially was with help from the international. Yeah. Um, I thought this was really nice. Like the, the show of solidarity with the union obviously but also from like really far away places like they're getting donations from like new york and chicago and birmingham and the people are just sending like one or two dollar bills just crumpled up in an envelope and i just that was so beautiful yeah that's great uh if you watch this in preparation 
just know that you can do that for strike funds nowadays. You can yeah. you can give to that. You don't have to give a crumpled dollar bill, and you should probably <laughs> give more than that if you can. You can Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you know the women are fully just on staff now, basically for the union, and like some of the men make jokes about it, but they're like, "You fucking need us," so like whatever. Yeah, I imagine the jokes at that point had shifted from like "What the fuck are you doing here?" sort of style to just like. Ooh, new times or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then we get hit with the Taft-Hartley Act. Boo. Boo. Um, Sheriff Bo and Diddley show up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, I like she says, the sheriff was smiling, so he knew he had bad news. I love that so much. It's true. <laughs> if you ever see a cop smiling, run away. You're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they, they get a court order that the, the mining workers are not allowed to strike. But the women suggest, well, we're not miners. We'll fucking strike. Yeah, because the conditions are like you either don't do the picket line to follow the law and then your strike's broken because the scabs walk in. Or you do it and you break the law and you get arrested and the scabs walk in. So they're like, damn. Uh, and But the loophole was... The reason the women could do it is because it was like striking minors. Yes. And they're like, well, uh, that's not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they when they bring that up first, some of the men laughed, but then people are like, no, fuck you. You're like, we're serious, you know, and, and then they start debating it. And one guy in Spanish, one of the untranslated parts says, letting women do this would make the union the laughing stock of the workers movement. And then other people like argue against him and they're just like, no, like this would help. Like this will make us stronger sort of thing. There's a back and forth. Ramon stands up and argues against it too. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's, he's like, I beg you, please don't do this. Yeah. His argument is uh, saying like, well, you know, you know, the cops are going to come for them. Are we just going to sit by and let them like beat our women or whatever? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but like, what do you think like the women have been doing this whole time? Right. <laughs> like it's very like machismo kind of bullshit. Right. I think even the phrase like hiding behind skirts is used. Better to hide behind skirts than fall to your knees before your boss or something. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And then Esperanza says, hey, like, if we're discussing this, I think the women should be able to vote on it, which, I mean, this is the first time she's really spoken up at any of these things. Like, she's always been kind of a follower. So I think mm -hmm. it's interesting that now is the time that she speaks up. And that's when the guy running the meeting, I don't remember his name. Uh, it's Barnes, isn't it? Or the other guy? The no, it's the guy. other guy. The very weather-faced guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, well, uh, we can't, our constitution says we can't have women vote. But we can end the meeting and reconvene uh, as a community mass meeting. I'm very grateful for that. I was worried it was going to get bogged down in, like, parliamentary bullshit. So right? that was a relief. <laughs> not great that they had such sexist laws on there. No, definitely Books. not. <laughs> But at least they have a workaround. Yeah. <laughs> so they have the vote. Yeah. So every adult can vote. Um, it's still pretty close. Uh, it is 103 to 85. So like a very split community. And I like that they didn't celebrate afterward. Like because it was such a dire situation, right? It would have been kind of goofy if they were like, yay, hooray. We did it. It's like, we're about to go on, on the picket line. And get... Yeah. This is not a girl boss moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was not gutsy, as they say. And and I love this. So they, they go on the picket line and other women from other mining camps join them. Yeah, from all over. There, there's just huge numbers. And 
again, Esperanza is not taking part in this directly, this time because she's forbidden by Ramon. Yeah, what a dick. He's like, oh, I mean, some of the other, you know, women aren't taking part. And she's like, well, you know, Anglo husbands can be backward, too. She <laughs> I love that. She's like, that's not a good excuse. So the, the cops show up and they're like, what the fuck do you want me to do about this? <laughs> and yeah. uh, they're like, well, you know, they're just women. They'll, they'll scatter like quail. And so they, they try to scare them off. They drive up and the women just fucking beat the shit out of these cops. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole skirmish. They use tear gas, but like the wind disperses it. <laughs> they, 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 they mug this dude for his, for his gun. Like he's trying to pull his gun or whatever. And Esperanza rolls up and gives him the chancla. She chanclas him. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, though, I do want to point out at one point, I think this is when Ramon and Esperanza are fighting about her not being there. He's like, who's going to watch the kids? It doesn't even occur to him that he can hold his own baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's incredible. And she does just like shove it onto him. Like, here, I'm going to go fight now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When she goes to hit the guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So good. And then at some point in the melee, Ramon is like, come on, they're getting roughed up. Like, we got to go help them. And the guys are like, oh, no, uh, looks like they got it in hand. And you got a baby in your hands. Like, just let yeah. them do it. What the fuck are you going to do with that baby? But yeah, man, they're like pushing cars away. Like, they are fucking badass. Yeah. In the end, they drive the cops off and reform their picket line, singing, we shall not be moved. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Ramon's at home with the kids going absolutely insane. (laughs) He's like, how the fuck do I do this? He's struggling. Uh, (laughs) I love when Esperanza comes home here. She is just so happy. Yeah, she's beaming. Yeah, and it's like, it's the joy of struggle, you know? Like, they had a terrible day in all real accounts, but like, I mean, they had to go through some shit. But they did it together. They came out successful and like, you know, you, they were fighting for building a better world together. And I don't know, that was like cool to see someone come home, like genuinely fulfilled from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the term empowerment gets thrown around a lot these days, but I think this is true empowerment. Like this woman just like fucking took what's hers to make life for her family better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, Ramon immediately starts <laughs> bitching about He's like, come on, I had these kids all day. What is yeah, this? Like, I'm not going to be the nursemaid. Like, total, just piece of shit. And she was she, like, I've had them since the day they were born. <laughs> yeah, she's like, welcome. Uh, here's how this works. <laughs> so they keep going. Um, sometimes she brings her baby to the picket line. The cops keep using their old tactics, cars and tear gas. But the women have planned for this. They They take the babies out of harm's range. They make a wider circle basically to get around the tear gas. They, uh, they sabotage the car. Oh yeah. They just fucking yank a line out of there. Like I it's would amazing. not know what to do no, in I'd that be situation. Like, ah, I'm going to blow something up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're super well organized. Uh, and like, I know it's interesting that the men are there too. Like watching, uh, Ramon gets shit because he doesn't like watch the kids. He's like just chilling there. Like what the fuck does he, <laughs> like where are his kids? <laughs> I guess they're just playing, I think. Yeah, most of them are just off to the side, but he's just hanging out with the guys. Oh, dick. Not the best father. No. (laughs) 
Okay, so then the cops and the bosses, really, who are in charge of the cops. I mean, very blatantly, like, just telling the cops what to do. Because the sheriff's like, I've tried everything, uh, except for, like, you know, shooting. And they're like, all right, just arrest them. (laughs) So they get... all of them? (laughs) It's like, no, just just the important ones. Um, The ones that are the leaders and then the ones with big families. What a strat. Yeah, very nice. So they, (laughs) they reach out to their old pal... Sebastian. Sebastian. Oh, doing our good name dirty. Otrevis <laughs> comes in and names names. Yep. He's like, oh, so-and-so, they're a leader. And yeah, they arrest a whole bunch of women, but like backups come in and replace however many they can. Dude, right? I'm surprised this dude didn't get like a few shoes thrown at him or like spit on or something. <laughs> He's doing this right in front of them. For real, like, why aren't we beating them up again? Like, get the chancla. (laughs) He should have been called at least a few names. For real. Oh, but they fucking give him hell in jail. It's the funniest goddamn thing. I loved it. (laughs) So, yeah, like, before they get there, though, it is important to note, they keep up the picket line. Like, leadership is gone. Or, you know, the big families are gone. The the designated leaders or whatever are gone. Mm -hmm. But organization is such that... The rank and file know what to do. The rest of them are able to keep up the picket line in their absence. And they're going to their suffering, knowing they're doing the right thing. They're, they're, they're still in solidarity. They're singing solidarity forever in the back of the truck. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, they start raising <laughs> hell. This is my plan. If I ever get arrested, I'm just going to annoy the fuck out of the cop. <laughs> That is their plan, and it fucking works. Queremos baños. Queremos comida. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. They're just screaming and chanting at these guys forever. The kid, there's kids in there. They're fucking sticking their tongues out. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Esperanza's in there with her baby. Yeah, and then they have to start chanting for formula too, because I guess they gave the baby like milk from. regular ass milk like a cat or something you know like like it's a cat it just drinks milk or cream <laughs> these men don't understand babies so much they're yeah. like here they're like, it's, milk. it's milk like no i don't think you you get it <laughs> it's not what we do it's not what i have in me <laughs> <laughs> not the same thing <laughs> ramon comes in and overhears a conversation between the district attorney and the boss and the sheriff they're talking like what's the next step what's the uh man I, now that you mention it ramon does have this like tony soprano <laughs> tactic yes. of like yes. he just reuses what he's heard but poorly like absolutely i thought that was so funny i'm like this guy's fucking i call it a timoning situation <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is my great idea pumba helped pumba helped <laughs> so he overhears them talking about how like oh like what is the phrase they say you got to see the bigger picture. That's we it. got a lot of minds. Yeah. So now he's paranoid that they're they're not going to cave because you know they have other options. Yeah, they're just going to sit on you know the other profits that they have and take the losses till the strike breaks. Is what he's thinking is going to happen. Ramon comes in and and like gets the kids, which I thought was kind of a bad move. Like kind of broke the solidarity initially. You know, it's like. We had something we were fighting for. We were pressuring them on. And how come your kids get to leave sort of? That's what I was initially thinking. But then they just kind of like, it's fine. They just start chanting again. But I don't know. I thought it kind of presented two different tiers, you know? 
I didn't view it like that at all. I viewed it as him like taking responsibility for his family some because I mean, the next scene is him like doing laundry (laughs) and like realizing how hard this shit is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They start the chance up right away anyway. So it's not like it dragged them, dragged their spirits down at all. So, yeah, I did wonder, like, are are the other kids also going to be let out? Because like, why why are we arresting children? (laughs) Right. That was probably not not what you should have done anyway. No. But I love it. I mean, Ramon in the next scene talks to another dude and they're both doing laundry like, man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, this has no end. I think that was what one of them said in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're like, yeah, we should really like ask for plumbing. <laughs> we <laughs> need hot water, man. Dumb asses. <laughs> oh, my God. Then they talk a little theory. Mm, yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's wage slavery and there's domestic slavery. The women's question. Yeah, and, and he's like, the women's question. <laughs> yeah, you know, equality at the job, equality at home, and also sex equality. And poor Ramon's just, like, trying to figure this out, I guess. Just lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and even his son is trying to get involved. Yeah, his son's trying to join the junior the junior crew or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the junior shop stewards. Oh, there you go. Love it. The young pioneers. You get the bandana, you get the pin. I'll do anything for a bandana and a pen. I'm a queer person. <laughs> <laughs> That's our love language. <laughs> uh, Esperanza comes home again. Again, super happy. From, fresh from jail. Uh, and <laughs> Still... is just a peach. Yeah. Oh, and, and Ramon, like, again, just, just realizing how fucking insanely hardworking his wife is. Luis is like, uh, mom never made me do the dishes. <laughs> Because she did it all herself, and like he can't, yeah. he like needs his son's help. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, yeah, he's like, you suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> they have a women's meeting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you can tell he feels so fucking left out. She's like, hey, I've got a meeting now. Can I? I need your chair. Like, can you go? <laughs> right. Like he's like, oh, we need to talk about something. She's like, yeah, but not now. We have a meeting. We're like talking about the picket line. You know, the one that's keeping like our job. And I love it. Like he gets mad and leaves. And the women just like talk shit. She's like, he needs to be housebroken. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, well, you know, they're, they're talking shit or whatever, but apparently none of their husbands are housebroken either. Cause they're, well, a lot of them aren't anyway. Cause there are several of them there in a little pouty line at the bar. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh my God. The pouty line. <laughs> so I just got to that in my, I'm like, so listeners, when we do movies, I, we often pull up the movie and kind of scroll through it as we talk and, I think I'm going to make this the, the post of the show. <laughs> They're just <laughs> all. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Sad boys at the bar. Me and my boys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that feeling when you and the boys are kicked out due to feminism. Yeah. They find a story in a magazine or something about the, the boss guy and how the he's president. going on a big. Yeah. He's going on a big safari. Oh, my uh, God. Big game hunting. Like, like somebody who is in that station would do. He's trying to bag his 13th lion. So cool, dude. Yeah. Good that 12 lions have given their lives for such trash. For real. Uh, and yeah, the guys are very like disheartened and Ramon is fucking repeating shit about the, the bigger picture. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony Serrano. Yeah. It's like it. a hotel at Captain Teebs. <laughs> He's so stupid. I love it. And the guys are like, you know what? Like, we need a break. Let's let's go on a hunting trip. Um, even though they're supposed to be like supporting the fucking strike. And so he comes back home, 
and they have uh they really have it out here and there's there are some gems in this ramon is like getting his gun to go hunting uh but he's kind of also talking about like he wants the strike to end and he's kind of talking like he wants there to be a big confrontation like he wants just to stir it up have it out do a battle like he's i don't know kind of given up sort of but also just wants to go down fighting is how Esperanza characterizes it. Yeah, yeah. He he longs for a big a big moment where he can prove himself, it feels like. And I think I mean he's just not used to being on the sidelines in this way. I think this shows the struggle of being in a support role. Esperanza, meanwhile, is like, hey, we like we need to do what we need to do. Like, if it drags out, it drags out, but we want to win, you know? And, you know, he says, like, I just, I want things to go back to the way they were before. And she's like, we're not fucking going back to the old way. Like, that's the, that's not happening. Yeah. And she, in this conversation, says this line that I thought was great is, you still think you can have dignity only if I have none. Yes. That was probably my favorite line of the film, because I think it really encapsulates her relationship with Ramon and even, like, larger conversations, not larger, but other conversations in the movie the the tensions between like the white miners and the Mexican miners, everyone is depending on someone else's uh, downtroddenness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not being the ra- last rung on the ladder. Yeah, and yeah. she kind of brings that up too in a different way. But I mean, the same vein is you know she kind of tells him you know they tell you you know stay in your place Mexican, but then you tell me to stay in mine. Yes. Uh, do you feel better having someone lower than you? Yes, she's like, I am the lowest of the low in this scenario, and I'm fucking tired of it. But then she says, you know what? Even the lowest one? Like, I'm the reason you still have a fucking job. Like, you have to depend on me now. And things get so heated, he raises a hand to her. And she's just like, that would be the old way. Never try it with me again. Yeah. She says, you are not fucking sleeping in this bed tonight, buddy. (laughs) I'm going to bed. Sleep where you please, but not with me. Yup. <laughs> Got him. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the next day, the women are on the strike line again, and the men are off hunting. And Ramon is, is kind of having some feels. Yeah, he's he's reflecting. He's figuring out, hey, she said some things to me. I got to actually deal with them emotionally, I guess. <laughs> and then the company is going to evict Ramon and Esperanza's family. Yeah. uh, Ramon kind of realizes that they're going to do something and that they probably shouldn't just be dicking around out here. They should probably try to do their part. (laughs) And it's like, hey, let's go back. And that's when we, yeah, that's when we find out that the company's going to try to evict people, starting with the Quinteros and then moving on to everyone else. I love the little, (laughs) I mean, just community line they have of communication. Everyone just yells like, hey, who is it? And like they, they get the yeah. word spread very quickly yeah. and efficiently. <laughs> it's a small town. But yeah, everyone shows up at the property and the cops get there and they just start fucking throwing all of their possessions out onto the yard. Zero care for them. Breaking pictures, stepping on the picture of, of Benito, breaking vases, all kinds of shit. And everyone's standing by as, as the crowd continues to gather uh, the kids start throwing rocks at them. These are really cool kids. <laughs> I love the fucking commie kids here. They're awesome. <laughs> and, and yeah, like people just start flooding in. Yeah, they, they make a comment at one point like, oh, the, the mill workers are here. And like 
somebody else too, maybe steel workers, just total solidarity in this movie. Like it's really impressive. Yeah. And that's where the power comes from because people start saying, Hey, there's enough of us. Like, let's just start forming a chain and bringing all that stuff in. Like, let's just, as as fast as they bring it out, we'll bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment that the cops give up is when they look up and realize they're outnumbered. Like there's just no fucking way they can win this thing. And I love that that is the central climax of the movie is just like, there's more of us than there are of them, bitch. (laughs) Yes, that is the power. You know, they have the money. They have the military, the force, their private little gendarmes, the police. We've just got numbers. And we only have those if we're all together. And this movie shows how you can do that. You have to rely on everyone. You can't let your personal prejudices get in the way you know you have to reach across to other unions and other workers and other areas of the nation like you gotta do a lot of fucking groundwork yeah only together everyone all genders can we actually defeat the enemy in a strike or overall i liked uh, this the eviction thing was very reminiscent of what communist party usa used to do uh, back in like the 30s and stuff during the Depression, they they formed what were called unemployment, uh, unemployed councils. It was like, you know, kind of a, a quote unquote union, but of unemployed people who were mostly one of the big things they were doing were, were fighting evictions. And so kind of like it was kind of like this, but like in New York City. That's so cool. And so you'd show up when someone was getting evicted and people would, you know, just mass outside there and start bringing their stuff back in. Fuck yeah, I love that. And that was like, that was like a real thing. It's also reminiscent of even earlier than this has no actual communist content to it whatsoever. But like <laughs> in terms of local solidarity, people in rural areas and stuff, whenever banks would foreclose on like farmers and stuff, they would all gather together at like the auction for that and would, you know, basically just look around and, and crack their knuckles at people who were trying to bid. And be like, we're bidding this down for a dollar, you know, and that's we're we're giving it back to him. That's so nice. I love that. I I like the little speech at the end. Together, we can push everything up with us as we go, which I I think gets to that central idea of like, we're going to make it better for everybody, like women included, like families included. Like we are fighting for everyone here. Yes, we're not trying to bring anyone down. No one's going to be lesser than that's the new world we're going to build. So where we get the title too, the salt of the earth being like the children who are inheriting this world. And that's the end. This, like I said, was based on a true story. The actual strike was called the Empire Zinc Strike. Instead of Delaware Zinc, it was Empire Zinc. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was just two years before it was in that county. Very little was changed. As really? Far as, uh, yeah, it was in Grant County, New Mexico. It was a little bit more focused on like pay and hours. Versus like uh, sanitation and, and conditions and stuff. They had some of the same features of like uh, the women, you know, taking over the strike line or the picket line, the company doing all its tactics, including like, you know, running cars into them and stuff like that, jailing a whole bunch of people, you know, that those sorts of things kind of like play true to it. Just differences in like little details and stuff, but nice. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. My rating is increíble. Five stars. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> five out of five. And I would argue, like, this is just a cool movie itself. Like, it's just entertaining. It's really well made. Like, yeah. I, 
this is going to make me sound like a stupid young person. I don't care. I am. Um, <laughs> I, I often struggle to enjoy older movies. Like uh, there comes a point where they get very campy for me and like overacted and just like, what is happening here? It's just a different aesthetic. And I often like struggle with those. This one, like it, this could be a modern movie very easily. Yeah. And I again think it's amazing. They only hired five professional actors. They fucking kicked ass. The All rest were locals from Grant County, New Mexico, or members of the of that union, Local 890. I mean, even Ramon, I think he was not in the professional cast. The only professionals were, were Rosaura and, like, I think the sheriff. Like, very few people. <laughs> Ramon's actor, Juan Chacon, was uh, the actual union local president there. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. And like we said... Seal of approval from the House of Representatives, which denounced it. So <laughs> Love it. That should be on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> denounced by the House of Representatives. Woo. I, that should be a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just, just me. Denounced. Good, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you want that, listeners. I could probably do that. I also like it because it isn't too theory heavy. I think you could show this to a lot of people and they'd be like, yeah, duh. I know who the goodies and baddies are. Even people who are like normally not on your side. Yeah, they could tell. Uh, they could easily tell. You know, when we talked about uh, being so amazed and watching Harlan County of how like this was just like it's a it's a Trump state, a Trump area. This these are like their parents, their grandparents in this movie. That's the same thing here. You know, that it's is that this is just a couple generations or a generation away. And regular working people now, they get it in their bones that this is how it is. You know, they get they get mystified over and they get they get fooled and cajoled in various ways to be like, oh, you got to really, you know, hate this group or you got to really like focus on this culture issue or, or whatever. But they also get it in their bones, like who's ripping them off every day. Yeah, I mean, I think something that's interesting about, like, the Latinx community and, like, my experience with it is that there is a big generational gap between, and I'm wondering if, like, there's a further gap now having seen this film from the 50s, but, like, I'm talking about kind of more of the boomer era, like, there is a myth of, like, oh, well, I'll be one of the good ones, I'll be hardworking, I need to prove myself, like, there's a kind of a buy-in to hustle culture there, from a lot of not all obviously I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here but there is that kind of culture of like we're the hardworking ones so we're good whereas i'm wondering if this older generation that's shown in this film like i mean they were they're fucking like union loyal like they, they were pro worker not pro capitalism yeah and i mean they had to be you know and eventually i think part of the story that goes that happens after this movie and the demise of the labor movement and everything is America realizes, hey, we can buy off. We can professionalize these unions. We can buy off a lot of this tension with small little benefits. Oh, we're going to make your pension better. We're going to make this better. Quit striking, you know, quit taking the weapon into your hands because we know you could actually go all the way with that. We don't want that. So we're going like, to, why, why strike? You know, why do these things? Don't, don't. We're going to make life com too comfortable for you to do that. And then we're, in the meantime, we're going to break you as an institution. And then we're going to roll back all those things that you fought hard, but now you have, you know. That's what I was going to say is like they, they lull us into a false sense of like we won. We did. That was then. This is now. We're fine now. And now like look what's fucking happening. They are 
totally getting rid of all that shit. That is the thing, is that these strikes that are portrayed here, they won. You know, and generations that fought hard, that understood that, hey, we've, we've only got each other, right? We've only got solidarity. That's our only weapon. They realized that, they used that, they fought hard, and they won. And they didn't win everything, right? They didn't win full workers' control. We're not in the Union of Soviet <laughs> Socialist States of America. <laughs> they didn't get everything. But they got so, you know, they were so successful that those successes allowed for the next generation and for themselves too. I mean, they weren't out of the picture yet to kind of grow comfortable. And then eventually the ax comes down. Why do we need these unions anymore? They're, they're old fashioned. Yeah. I mean, it, you really truly have to keep fighting for it because they will take it away as soon as they feel able to. And not just, you know, companies definitely. And you know, the state as well, like they're all mm -hmm. looking to slash those budgets and as soon as they feel like they can get away with it, they're going to fucking do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The crazy thing, one of the things that I'm that I saw this being talked about lately is with um, the unionization efforts at like Amazon and Starbucks and everything. Mm -hmm. Starbucks is like pretty much openly saying we're doing anti-union stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, they are they're, they're, They were they did one thing that is just like literally illegal. Um, by according to like the National Labor Relations Board and all those laws and stuff. Okay, well they do. They were just like, we're gonna offer better like healthcare benefits or oh, like yeah. something like that, but only to non-union workers. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty bad. And it's just like a literal violation. And they told them to stop, but like the whole idea is, you just start breaking a law, you just bring a federal suit, and try to get it before these six old Assholes. guys. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's what you're saying. The second they can take it away, they will. And we're still operating under like shitty Taft-Hartley laws and all this, but like they can make those way worse. There are some worker protections <laughs> in our labor law. They're very scant. They're very meager, but even those could be taken away. One other note. I like that it didn't end with the strike ending. Like they, they mentioned that in the voiceover, like the strike didn't end right away. We could tell we had won something big. And like, we were happy. I, I like that it wasn't just like a everybody cheer and hold each other kind of moment. Yeah, it was more, again, the realization of the potential of their solidarity. Like, again, like, what can we do together? You know, because I think if it had been, you know, yay, we did it, it would, it'd feel like we did it, we're done. And it, right, it doesn't get to the idea. Yeah, it doesn't get to the idea of like the continual struggle. It doesn't get to the idea of continued solidarity. And ending it there felt like, just that scene of this super crowded area full of community, like was so much more powerful to me. Yeah. You were thinking, you were feeling, what can we do next? Yeah, man, this movie's fucking, this rips ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was yelling at my TV. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's for real. A lot of my notes are in all caps. So enjoy that listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great. Five out of five, 10 out of 10. Would watch again. I watched it twice, but I would watch it again. Again, just like a good movie, like for, I don't know, I think regular people would like this movie too. Yeah. Not right wingers, but like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Uh, shout out to the listener that recommended this. Hold on. I'm going to look up your name. <laughs> uh, Socialist Witch on Twitter. Hell yeah. Go Socialist Witch. That's, that's a good handle. Well, I made a margarita. Clink, clink, clink. Nice. I mean, in honor of of the movie. So I'm going to go finish that. Awesome. Uh, right. What are we doing next week? Oh, yeah. Damn it. You're keeping me from my margarita. 
you are giving me what I call big history. I feel like that's actually a term that's like huge lengths of time, uh, otherwise known as inaccurate history, or just like, <laughs> I don't know how you would, big history like is eras? like, yeah, more like, I don't know. It's it's actually a thing. I don't know what it is, but. Okay, whatever. Big history is an academic discipline which examines history from the Big Bang to the present. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, so that's more like cosmology or something. Okay. What the fuck? That's like, you're talking about whole eras and shit like like yeah, Mesozoic. I was thinking geological yeah which is itself big but like big bang is wild. that's even bigger anyway. that's the biggest you get <laughs> anyway we're not doing that kind of shit no. that's hard we're gonna do like major topic histories what you yes mean. uh and we will be covering uh what i'm calling right now the scope may change a little bit but what i'm calling right now is the history of communism in cambodia or Kampuchea. what the focus right now is is going to be is the rise and fall of the what was called the Khmer Rouge government there. Yeah, I heard and of those guys. There's a lot going on. <laughs> so the like I said the scope may change, but that's what we're talking about. Okay. We're going to get hate mail for this one? I I don't think so. <laughs> because I, I don't know where I'm at right now, I don't think so. It doesn't matter. I delete them anyway. We got someone yelling at us about our Stalin statistics, so I was like, cool. Cool news, bro. fine. Uh, That's fine. (laughs) Uh, We probably, you know, don't get all the statistics right, but, like, neither does anyone else. (laughs) I'm telling you, whatever afterlife awaits us, you and I are just going to be up there taking bets, like, at the Heaven's Bar, we're taking bets on numbers, and we're like, all right, how many people really died? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that's that'll be very fun <laughs> just watching history tv but but for realsies <laughs> yeah <laughs> not traumatizing at all yeah that's fine <laughs> all right uh next episode probably will be traumatizing let's be honest yeah that's gonna be a rough one there's a place called the killing fields out there so oh no that yeah. doesn't sound good it's not so traumatizing yeah okay so prep for that i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cool. Talk to you later. All right. See you. Me. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube, if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session.
，拜哦。